Um, what an honor. Can y'all give it up for our pastor, Pastor Julian? Oh, you can do better than that. This is the man that prays for you, that goes to God for you. Um, he has been such a blessing to me and my family. Um, I, can't, I can't thank him enough. I've been here for a year on staff, and as he noted, this is the first time that I'm on this platform to share a word uh, from God. And when I came to Oasis, I was tired. I have been doing a lot. I have been extending myself far too much. And so Pastor Julian gave me an opportunity to come here and rest. And he gave me a year. Thank God. Who, who, what boss gives you a year just to rest and get restored? And so I come with such a grateful and humble heart. Thank you so much, Julian. And I was talking to JP, Jennifer Perkins, um, not right before the service, and I was introduced to this church because of Jennifer Perkins. And three years ago, we sat right here uh, in these seats with the Anti-Recidivism Coalition, and Pastor Christine Kane was standing on this platform. And it dropped into my spirit. The Lord said, one day you're going to preach in this church. It, it didn't make sense to me. I had grown up in black church. I said, this church looks like the United Nations. <laughs> it's just, it, nothing aligned. It didn't make sense. But three years later, three years later, here I am. And so, I share that because I'm a living witness. I'm a testament, my life is a testament that what God speaks to you, his word doesn't fall void. What he speaks to you will indeed come true. And so one of the things on that very night that I didn't also realize was that I was gonna meet this young lady who had red hair, she had on a white shirt, some black pants, some yellow shoes. <laughs> Little did I know that that very night I would meet my wife. And her name is Kimmy Price. Baby, can you stand up? Yes. <laughs> She's so shy, y'all. <laughs> but Kimmy is on stage. This is my wife. I I'm Kimmy's husband. <laughs> so when y'all see her, say, you Kimmy and he's your husband. Um, I'm so grateful to her. Thank you for her love. And uh, my time is running out. So hi, mom. She's watching online. <laughs> she tried to get here, but the rain stopped her. Um, but, but there is a word from God this morning, a word found in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 41. And the reason that um, I decided to speak on this particular topic is because I struggle with it. And so as I'm preaching to you, I'm really preaching to myself. In Genesis chapter 41, verse 37, the context of this passage is about the life of Joseph. And at the beginning of chapter 41, there's a man by the name of Pharaoh. Pharaoh has had two dreams, and he wants to have someone interpret these dreams because they have done something to him in his spirit. They've made him afraid. He's concerned. 
And so the Bible says that he calls all of the magicians, all of the wise men in Egypt to come to his palace. He tells the wise men, he tells the magicians about his dream so they could interpret it. But none of them could. But there was a man among the magicians and among the wise men who was Pharaoh's cupbearer. And the cupbearer said, hey, Pharaoh, there is a man, a Hebrew man, that I met while I was in prison. And when I was in prison, this Hebrew man interpreted a dream for me. And everything that this Hebrew man told me, it came true. So Pharaoh says, go and get that Hebrew man from the prison. So Joseph gets summoned out of prison. He arrives to Pharaoh. Pharaoh tells him the two dreams. And immediately, Joseph interprets the dream. The first dream meant that in Egypt, there will be seven years of prosperity, where everything will be good, better than good. And then the second dream meant that following the seven years of prosperity, there will be seven years of famine. And so it was a warning. Joseph tells Pharaoh the entire plan about the dream, about how Egypt was going to make it through the famine. And at the end of his interpretation, Joseph tells Pharaoh, now you're going to have to appoint a wise man to get you through these seven years to make sure that people aren't dying during the famine. And this is where we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 41, verse 37, where the Bible says Joseph's suggestions were received by Pharaoh and by his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or as wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on the throne, will have a rank that's higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring, and from his hand he placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for the second-in-command, and wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, kneel down. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt, and Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh but no one will lift a hand or foot in this entire land of Egypt without your approval. For the time that is ours together, I would like to tag a title to this text that simply says, Blessed and Burdened. Blessed and Burdened. We meet Joseph in our scripture at a time when life is good. Things are looking up for the brother. He just got the biggest promotion in his entire life. He has more power. He has more authority. 
He has more privileges than he has ever had in his entire life. And he's received this in a place where he is literally a second-class citizen. You see, back in those days, Egyptians hated Hebrews. They did not like them. They despised them. They didn't even want to be in the same room around them. And yet we find Joseph ruling over them. He was given a position in front of all of the wisest men, even the magicians. And the reason that he was given this position of being second ranked is for two reasons. The first reason is that he had a gift. And his gift was to interpret dreams. The first reason that Pharaoh gets to this place where he is second in command is because he's gifted. But the second reason that Pharaoh gets to this place is found in chapter 39, where the Bible says that God made everything that Joseph did successful. So not only was he gifted, but God was with him and made everything that he did successful. Joseph is the poster boy for favor. If you ever wanted to know what favor was, if you ever wanted to understand the theological concept of what it means to be favored by God, I would suggest that you go home, turn to Genesis chapter 37, and read to chapter 50, because the story of Joseph will show you what it looks like to be favored by God. It was Joseph who has this gift that he didn't ask for. And um, there's this old saying that I grew up in church hearing that said, a favor ain't fair. You, you can't compete with favor. You, you can't do anything to a person who has been anointed and touched by God. Because when God is with them, who can be against them? Is there anybody in the church this morning who knows that you are just favored by God? that you show up in some rooms and there are just blessings laid out on the table for you. You didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to pray for it. You didn't have to ask for it. You didn't have to work for it. But just because you showed up, God decided to bless you. There is favor over Joseph's life. As a matter of fact, if he was living in 2023, I'd suggest that he would be living like a Saudi prince. He'd have a fleet of Rolls Royces, Ferraris, Maybachs. He had property all over the world, a penthouse in the Burj Khalifa, a mansion in Brentwood. He had private chefs and private planes and private dinners and private drivers. Joseph could have anything he wanted at any time. And he achieved all of this by the age of 30. He's 30 years old, ruling over all of Egypt. And many of us would want some part of Joseph's life. 
You see, um, um, in our culture, we post the highlights of our life on social media, on Instagram and TikTok. He will be posting that he is now the ruler over Egypt. He will be posting his fleet of Ferraris and his private drivers and his private planes and his Bentley and his penthouse. He'll be posting it all because that's what we do in our culture. And what we would see is that we will want, maybe not everything that Joseph had, but we will want something. You may not want his ability to interpret dreams, but you may want his ability just to call a driver. You may not want his ability to call a driver, but you may want his ability to say that God is with me in everything that I do. And so often, because we um, get caught up over the highlights of people's lives, we begin to pursue images of success that we see on the internet without even knowing the struggles of the people behind the profile. We see something that we want in Joseph, and we have no clue what he had to go through to get to where he is. Joseph had a lot to be proud of, of, um, but, but the truth is that he also had many burdens to withstand to get to where he is. You see, Joseph's life is filled with blessings and it's filled with burdens. And we learn in Genesis chapter 37 that Joseph is blessed with the gift to interpret dreams. It's a unique gift. It's not a gift that everyone has. It's a powerful gift. And and, and Joseph did not ask to be born with it. But from the time he was created in his mother's womb, God blessed him with it. Joseph, um, he begins to realize in chapter 37 that your gifts don't only open up windows of heaven that pours out blessings, but sometimes your gifts will open up doors of envy. Sometimes your gifts will open up doors of jealousy. Sometimes your gifts will open up doors of hate. As a matter of fact, when Joseph is 17 years old, he interprets a dream that God gives to him. And in his dream, what he sees is that his family, his brothers, his mama, and his daddy would one day bow down to him. Now, if I was Joseph, (laughs) and I was 17, and God showed me that I was going to be bowing, folks are going to be bowing down to me, I might be a little cocky. I might be a little arrogant, a little pompous. The spirit of superiority will begin to creep into my heart. And all the while, I will be walking around like I'm just the most humble, the most meek person in the world. And here's the thing, the Bible doesn't necessarily tell us what Joseph's heart posture is. But what it does tell us is that because of his dream, his brothers put him into slavery. Just because you present as being humble, just because you present as being meek, does not mean that your heart is in a place to receive all of the blessings that God has given to you. It does not mean that your heart is in the place to handle all of the burdens that comes with the blessings. 
And I would just want to pause right here and to challenge some of us today to really take a look at your own heart. To say, God, where is my pride? Where is the lack of humility in my life? Where am I just putting on the mask to act like I'm a humble servant? Is there anybody in here that can declare that I've got some pride in my heart? There are some things in my life that I like to put a mask on. I like to put uh, uh, some perfume and some cologne on because I really don't want the people to know. Truly where my heart is. But the Lord is good and the Lord is kind that he will correct your heart. And so he puts Joseph, he allows Joseph to be sold into slavery by his brothers, by his own people, because his brothers hated him. They were jealous of him. They were envious of him. God allows our gifts to put us in positions to be humbled. The gift of interpreting a dream is the very thing that landed Joseph in a situation for him to be put into slavery. And here's what I've learned. Our gifts, our blessings, our callings, these things do not give us a pass from doing things that we feel are beneath us. Mm. Our gifts, our callings, our blessings don't give us a pass from being put into positions that we perceive are beneath us. But as a matter of fact, it's because you are gifted. It's because you are blessed. It's because you are made in the image and likeness of God that God says, yes, you've got it all, but you ain't got everything that I need to be in your heart. Because you've got to go through some trials and you've got to go through some hard times and through the valley of the shadow of death to realize that not your gift, not your blessing, and not your anointing are too high and too mighty to keep you from getting there. But God will put you in a place where you will have to say, I can't get through this thing if God doesn't show up. I can't get out of this one. My blessings won't work in this scenario. But you are forced by the love of God. And here's the thing. Um, if, if, if God would have allowed Joseph to rule over all of Egypt at 17 years old, if God would have answered Joseph's prayer or his vision when Joseph saw it, Deshaun told me that really wouldn't be favor. Because he wasn't ready for it. It wouldn't be favor because he didn't have the heart for it. He didn't have the humility for it. He didn't know how to rely on God for it. He didn't know how to get down on his knees and pray to his heavenly father, God is all you and it's none of me. 
And so it's in this moment of slavery that God begins to work on Joseph. Yes, you are gifted, young man, but you still need me. Yes, you are anointed, but you can't get through this life without me. Yes, you will be high and you will be lifted up. Yes, my plans are to prosper you and not to harm you. But the fact of the matter is, you've got to be in a place where your character can be developed. And so the blessing that Joseph has causes him to find a new burden. And this burden is really the burden to be humbled. The burden to be made meek. The burden to say, I will die to my flesh. The burden to say, God, I will exalt you and I won't exalt myself. And the truth is, um, I struggle with this part. This, this is where it gets hard for David. Because I, I know the things that God has shown me. But not only that, I've seen the things that people who have a gift like me fall prey to. I've seen great men and great women who have been anointed fall because they didn't have the spirit of humility and they didn't know how to be humble and they didn't know how to have accountability. And some of us are so gifted and we don't want to use our gift because we've seen what people with our gift have fallen to. And so what we do is we set aside our own gift and pursue something else because we are afraid of what God has created us to be. But thanks be unto God that he won't leave you in a place where your gifts won't be used. Because when Joseph gets into slavery, he meets a man by the name of Potiphar. And Potiphar uh, is the slave owner. And just as the Bible says that the Lord was going to be with Joseph wherever he went, surely the Lord was with Joseph because Potiphar said, clearly, undeniably, you have been blessed by God. And so I'm going to make you my second in command. In chapter 41, this ain't the first time that Joseph has been made the second in command to somebody. It's not the first time that he has experienced this because even after he leaves Potiphar's house, he's going to have to go back into prison for two more years. God will take you to a place where you feel like you've made it where you feel like you've gotten everything, where you feel like there is nothing that nobody can tell me to make me better, and you believe that God is doing everything great, and once you get there, God will put you back into a place to say you're not done 
yet. And this is where I struggle because um, my mistake is that I often think that what I have in mind for my life is the best thing that's for me. Anybody else do that? You began to think about what you want in your own life. And so instead of praying to God for his will to be done, the only thing you pray for is for your wishes and your dreams to come true. Because we think that the plans for our lives are better than the plans for the lives that God has already ordained for us. And here's the thing. When I get into this place of believing that my plans are greater than God's plans, I become burdened by my unbelief. I become burdened because I don't believe that God will provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I become burdened because I'm no longer vulnerable and I put up these walls around me and I don't let people inside because I stop trusting people and I forget that miracles are worked through people who God sends into your life. But I can't get a miracle because I've got so many walls stood up around me because I believe that I know what's best for me. Is there anybody that I can call out this morning who you put up some walls around your heart? You put up some walls around your mind. You put up some walls around your spirit because you've been hurt before, because you've been disappointed before, because some people have said they would do some things and they didn't do it. But I've just come to call you just a little bit higher. You are blessed beyond your belief. The God who brought you to this point in your life will take you to the next point that you're trying to go. But if you would just say, God, I open up my life so that you can make ways out of no way. God, I open up my life so that you can do the things that you have prepared for me. God, my heart is open. And here's the thing. Uh, back in 2017, here's why I really closed off my heart. Back in 2017, I was in South Africa. And um, I was in a botanical garden. And this woman came by as I was praying for one of the mothers of a, a student that I was teaching. She asked me to pray for her. And I'm praying to this mother, and this lady walks up. She looks me dead in my eyes. And she says, who are you? I said, I'm David. <laughs> she says, brother, God showed me that you're gonna be preaching on the dusty roads of Africa. I said, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hold up, press the pause button. <laughs> when I said yes to God, this is not what I thought was gonna be for my future. I, I thought I was at least gonna be able to go to Johannesburg. <laughs> Take me to Lagos. Take me to Accra. But on the dusty roads, I don't want to be in the dusty roads in America, <laughs> let alone in Africa. And great, listen, I love Africa, but I don't want to be preaching on nobody's dusty roads. And so I rejected 
God's call. Because he said that you're going to have to experience some burdens before I get you to the position where I've shown you that you're going to go. And I said, no. I said, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you can't force me to do it. And some of us have said no to God. Because we have seen the challenges that lie ahead. We have seen the valleys that we have to go through. We have seen uh, uh, um, the mountains that we have to climb. We have seen the pitfalls. And God is saying, I am with you. I am for you. I know who you were. I knew who you were before you were even formed. And so many of us are burdened in the spirit because we refuse to allow God to be who God is. And many of us are walking around in the spirit like this. Tired. Backs heavy. No burdens are light. Our legs are shaking because it's hard to carry the weight of the blessing. It's hard to carry the weight of the burden. And in the spirit, we're walking around, bent over, tired, out of shape, can't do nothing. But in life, we're walking around like this. And the Lord is saying for everyone who's bent over, tired, burdened because of your unbelief. Because you haven't submitted your heart to God. He says there's nothing wrong with being bent over. The only thing that's wrong is that you won't fall over. The, the, the only thing that you've done wrong is that you won't get down on your knees The only thing that you've done wrong is that you won't submit your will for God's will. And he says, if you would just bow down, submit yourself, humble yourself, pray that God, I can't do it all by myself. That the Lord says, because you are humble, I will put you first. The last shall be first. The humble shall be exalted. Those who are, who, are, who are underneath shall be raised up. Those who are the last and the marginalized shall be brought back in. God says, if you would just get down on your knees and submit yourself to God's will and God's way, that he will pick you up. He will turn you around. The Bible says he will place your feet on a solid ground. But not only that, I, I, I know God to go before you to lead you. I know God to go behind you to push you. I know God to stand on the side of you to guide you. 
I know God to stand above you to protect you. I know God to stand beneath you to sustain you. I know God to stand in you to keep you. And because he did it for me, and I'm preaching to you here at 930 at Oasis, I can declare that if God did it for me, he'll do it for you. He created you to be more than what you are. He says, if you give me your life, I'll give you everything you desire. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. Ask and you shall receive. Is there anybody in the house to know that God will lead you through the valley of the shadow of death, but he won't keep you there, for he'll anoint your head with oil. He'll let your cup overflow in the presence of your enemies and say, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Is there anyone in here who say, God, bless me right now because I'm willing to submit my burdens to you? For God's word, team, y'all can come up. For God's word says that his thoughts are not like our thoughts. His ways are far beyond anything we could ever imagine. And eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the hearts of man the things that God has planned for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. But it has to be in his purpose. It has to be for his glory. And so I leave you with this. Lord, in the name of Jesus, may our flesh die today. May our confidence in you rise a little bit higher. Lord, teach us how to trust you better. Lord, teach us how to follow you better. Lord, remove the pride. Lord, help us to be humble. And God, in the name of Jesus, do it in your time. We don't want to go early, and we don't want to be too late. But God, stretch us as far back as you need us to go so that you can launch us to our destiny. God, stretch us as far back as you need us to go so that you can take us to the place that you said we would go. Do it now in the name of Jesus. This is our prayer. This is our hope. In Jesus' name. If you believe it, say amen.